welcome to the Child Whisperer Podcast. I am your host, Carol Tuttle, and I am the best-selling, I am the author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisperer. Today we're wrapping up a series that I have really learned a lot from. It's amazing when I take on a new topic that there's so much more to learn that I didn't already know, and that is the sleep tendencies for each of the four types children. And today we're talking about the type four child. And if you have loved this series as much as I have, if you're watching me on Facebook, give me some hearts and likes and smiles because I know it's been advantageous for a lot of parents to understand some of the tendencies that these children bring true to their nature that help the sleeping process to be more successful. And so today um, we're talking about type 4 kids and these are the children that have a more serious nature and I hope it's helped some of you as adults. I know it has me even uh, Sleep is such an important factor in our lives to really stay healthy. And it can be such a struggle for parents when you don't understand your child's nature. Hopefully this has shed some light on things. I've been talking about one of um, the, I think uh, to date is the most, uh, as far as a value, dollar value, the highest value giveaway that we've had, which is an Alec Sleep you can go to thechildwhisper.com forward slash outlet and learn about this amazing new device that monitors your children's, uh, your baby's heart rate and their breathing while they're sleeping. And today I have a, a winner to announce. Congratulations to Jan, and I'm going to totally mess up your last name, Coney and Bell. Coney and I'm going to say it really fast. Jan, you know who you are. Congratulations. According to your comment that you left on the Child Whisper post that you left it, that you were selected from, uh, we went through, we randomly selected a winner from all the entrants, and you are expecting a baby, so it's a perfect gift for you. Just email parenting at liveyourtruth.com, and we will hook you up with Outlet to get you your new sock baby mama, sock outlet baby monitor. Got it out there. Tongue twister. Let me start the success story. Uh, this comes in from a mom. For our success story today, we have a good idea sent in by a listener to help a caller from a previous podcast episode, the first one in the series about type 1 sleep. That caller said her son was wetting the bed and they were getting sick of changing the sheets. This parent writes, I have four kids. Two of them were bed wetters. One thing I tried that helped with the wet sheets in the middle of the night is on this. On the mattress, I had a zip-up plastic cover that fit over the whole mattress. Then I had a waterproof padded fit, fitted mattress cover, then the regular fitted sheet. Over that, I layered another waterproof padded fitted mattress cover, and then the regular fitted sheet. So in the middle of the night, when the sheets need to be changed, I could just pull off the top two covers and there was a fresh, dry set on the bottom. So she layered it. She basically had five covers on there. But this helps for a quick change because that's part of the frustration and the added stress factor is the uh, having to change the, change the sheet. So we've got some other bedwetting questions that came in that I'll address today as well. But let's get on to the type 4 sleeping tendencies for our type 4 child. And as I said, these are the more serious child. They have a more 
serious nature in that they get very focused. They have a preference to their intellect and connecting to the world through their intellect. Now, some parents will get confused and think that these children may not be active. Every child is active if they're healthy and balanced. Children, every human being is meant to be active. It's just in their activity, they express it with a more exact manner, a more serious quality, a more mature quality than they often seem older than they are. And so these can be very active kids. So don't let that, uh, that reference to stillness be confusing to you. It's not about an activity level in physical activity. It's about an inward quality of focus and ability and the need for stillness in their lives and the ability to focus in and zero in on things. Now let's look at the five tendencies. Well, first two words that really, I've been using some phrases that um, characterize the sleep tendencies for each of the types. And so we're going to go with deep and structured. So deep is referring to they tend to be deep sleepers. And they tend to go into a deep sleep um, needing that. Everyone needs deep sleep, but some children are deeper sleeper than others. Type 4 children are deep sleepers. And so you really want to set them up to be able to get the most benefit from that so that they're getting the timeline they need, meaning do they are these in these kids are variable. My grandson, he doesn't need as much sleep as far as hours in an evening as his type 3 brother. He could have, you know, and fudge a little bit more, but his sleep needs to be deep. And so you need sleep cycles operate in an hour and a half cycles from the different brainwave states you go into from alpha, theta, delta. Delta is your deepest sleep. And so... They need at least seven and a half hours, or if you want to go into the next cycle, nine hours. Otherwise, you're interrupting the deep sleep cycle. So just a little tip about sleep cycles. It's interesting. Uh, and these, as teenagers, make sure they're at least getting that seven and a half hour spread and needing at times that nine hour time span. So they hit these deep sleep cycles. Otherwise, that's going to affect the type four more than any other type. Now, structure is referring to their tendency to operate in consistent, repetitive, structured routines. And so they operate more successfully on um, very specific timelines of when you start the bedtime routine, when they're meant to go to bed, be in bed, um, go to sleep. And they operate very well to knowing if they wake up earlier, they can function at a high level, even at younger years, to stay in their room and do things solitary. And so that structure, do you have a structured routine in place that supports your type 4 child, and especially your type 4 infant? They're capable of nap time. They really thrive on structure and predictability repetitive predictability and getting to bed at a very um, predictable time each evening. And so those are um, tendencies that you need that really support a type for having successful sleep. Another tendency is they barely move in their sleep and they can respond to swaddling for a longer period than other types because of that 
stillness factor that swaddling creates, where a type one or a type three might only like swaddling for a couple, three months. It may go twice as long for a type four child. And the other tendencies, they a dark realm so that it really supports those deeper sleep abilities, no interference. Again, these are type four people have more vulnerability to interferences that create movement and uh, interruption in their world. And so making sure the room nice and dark is a support to a type four child. And they may be another tendency, this is interesting, when they wake up in the morning, they may not be as social and conversational that, as you might be expecting them or uh, requiring them to be. They may prefer to be quiet and it may take them longer to engage in conversation that they want to be quiet and they're more, they're still, this is an introvert energy and they're still shifting to that ex connecting with the outer world. And they, another tendency is they are really good at putting themselves to bed when they mature. My type four son um, was the most consistent. He was very, it was a, in his more analytical uh, mind, it made sense to him that if you're tired, you go to bed. And he would just announce, he'd come to me and say, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. And he had a very, and I didn't know this about him when he was seven, eight years old, that he was a type four. But if I had, I would have paid attention to his time preference, because I'm pretty sure it was happening within the same 30-minute window consist pretty consistently when he wasn't uh, required to be doing other things or away from home, that he would just, his body was tired at a certain time, and he put himself to bed. Now, some tips here, and I've given you a couple already. Make sure you don't lose that opportunity to connect with your type for child once they've hit that place where they can put themselves to bed. They may not be as eager to read with you or be socially engaging with you, but they certainly would love for you to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with them and tuck them in, maybe goodnight prayers, whatever that routine is for your family and for your children. Please, you know, these children have such a high level of responsibility and being able to execute on their own to take once given a, the behavioral training and understanding the reasoning behind things, they're very good at executing their own, their own um, protocols, but don't lose out on those opportunities to connect with them just because they're so efficient. And then chat with them about, you know, you need to go to bed, if you want to, some type for children like to chat or that one-on-one -on -one private time, to make sure it's not when they're getting tired and sleepy, that they're responsive and able to talk and ask them how long they'd like to chat for. So you have a designated time that they they feel comfortable with. Another tip I gave you was the dark room. And then privacy encourages them to want to be in their room. And so even if they don't have their own room, there's ways to create privacy with screens and even curtains and ways to create that solitary space to type for thrive with. And when they know they have a private place that they can call their own, which is their, where they sleep, which is their room, 
even if they don't have their own room, create a sense of them having their own room. And they will be drawn to going to bed because they are drawn to that opportunity to be by themselves. And at my last and bedding for warmth. And again, they're really capable of just uh, keeping their room. Make sure that type four children have great capacity for tidiness when supported with the when things when it can be efficient. If it's something that just seems overwhelming, they go to their all or nothing, which the nothing could look like a very messy, untidy room, but they love, have a natural preference for things being tidy and put in their place. So I hope that helps. You want to read a quick story from a mom that has several type four children. She says, my type four didn't really enjoy rocking. They preferred to be put to bed with a bottle or a sippy cup or a binky wrapped tightly in their blanket. Not much stimulation, if I remember correctly. They always had a musical mobile I would play, and that was about it. I've never done any kind of rocking, walking routine. I always just put my babies down to sleep. Now that they're older, they prefer to go to bed at almost the exact same time every night, whether they need to get up early in the morning or not. They can sleep. As teenagers, they could sleep till afternoon if I let them. They weren't very easy to wake up and needed their rooms completely dark. All three of them, like having a fan overnight, not necessarily to cool them off, but for the white noise. This is something they're, they've discovered as they've gotten older, not something I did for them as babies. When they were little, they enjoyed the routine each night of teeth brushing, reading a story, although as they got older, they preferred to read alone and being tucked in by me. So some great tips from a mom with several type 4 children. She's not a type 4 herself, but she's really noticed these tendencies and been very successful in supporting them. So congratulations to our Outlet giveaway winner, which is Jan Kleinenbell. Don't know if I'm saying that right, Jan. Please email parenting at liveyourtruth.com to redeem your Outlet giveaway. And today's podcast is being sponsored by Oceans Alive. It is a food-based supplement of marine phytoplankton that will literally feed your children's brain with the micronutrients it needs to develop properly. And if any of you are dealing with anxiety, depression, or mood swings, it is a great supplement to give yourself that advantage that your brain has the nutrition it needs so that it's able to be happy, keep you happy. So I'm going to sign off of Facebook. We've got some great questions that came in today. You can see in the copy above on Facebook. In the video, there is a link to keep listening, or you can call in live. Um, I'll be taking live callers today. My first question is from a mom who writes, my oldest daughter, age five, my oldest daughters, age five and two, currently share a room in bedtime, but are different types, type one and four, I think. How do I keep things structured enough for my type four, the two-year-old, but flexible enough for my type one, the five-year-old, and mom's a type two. I'll be answering that more on Facebook. So that question, um, interesting, I think I, I touched on that already with creating that um, kind of independent space for your two-year-old so that there's a sense of it. She's two. I mean, you're four, you're, I'm sorry, you're two-year-old type four. And there is this um, preference for your type one. So I'm wondering, you know, we've got these little kids. How are they going to bed at the same time? You've got a five-year-old. That's tricky because your type four, two-year-old may be going to bed earlier 
and just that noise, you know, having a playful atmosphere for bedtime with your five-year-old could be interrupting the type four sleep potential. So, you know, this is, if you can get them into their own rooms, <laughs> even if it's a closet space, what other space do you have in your room, even if it's small, that you could put your two-year-old to have, even if it's, a, my oldest daughter moved her oldest boys down in the ba basement, and they weren't, there's no bedrooms built out, but they've used curtains, um, by attaching them to the ceiling to create two separate bedroom spaces. And so I'm just thinking, is there any creative way you could create a different space for your younger child that's a type four that just needs a little more privacy and things to be quite quiet for her to sleep well? Because again, that type one five-year-old is going to have to keep being told to um, alter herself to preference the younger child. So hopefully the tips I've given you throughout the series are helping you. That's just a spit. The issue here is space. Can you put lower movement children together? I don't know if you have, you say they're your oldest daughters. You have an infant. Apparently you have a younger child. Maybe the type four would do the baby. So you do know that type one has a little more flexibility in her space. So pray about that one. Um, I'd love for you to tell me your solution. That's all, that's what I'm tuning into. So let me know if you've got other, uh, I'd love to hear your success stories on that. Go ahead and press one if you want to talk to me live today on your, um, just press one on your phone. Love to be able to take live callers today. I had another question emailed to me. She says, My husband, who's a type one, and 10 year old son, who's a type four, sometimes really clash. My husband feels like my son should always do what he tells him to do because that is how my husband was for his parents. I try and tell him about, she calls them personalities, um, tell him about the types, which he says he gets most of it, but that a child should always obey what they're told. Any ideas? I'm trying to get him to read the child whisper. Mom is a type two. Well, I guess it's interesting, you know, that there's just this sort of hierarchy energy playing out here. You do it, I say, because I'm the parent, which I don't agree with, because we have, you know, how many adults do I help in my 25-year career of doing energy um, doing coaching and healing work with people, a big part of that is because they repress themselves for their parents. And so, you know, you're wounding children by that approach. It's not effective. So what if your child wanted to see this is, I would say to him, well, there's a way to approach our son that he'll want to do what you're wanting him to do as the parent, that they want to be cooperative. The, the, it should just be a kind of a military operation in the family. That it's, why not learn about your child so that the way you engage them, that they just, they respond positively. So what if you said, well, I agree with you that we want our children to cooperate and be cooperative and be agreeable and really respect us as parents. I agree with 
the bigger picture of that. I agree with you. And there's a way to approach our children in a way that they'll want that, to take away the struggle and the clash so that they really love and respect us, that we, that they admire us. Would you want your child to admire you? Would you want your child, your son, to respect you? Well, there's a certain approach then that will evoke that from a child. Get the benefit. Or do you just want to be able to do whatever you want and think your child should obey? Because that's a blanket, you know, that, that statement itself. Is, so you're saying a parent that uh, requires something of a child that's abusive in nature, that child should just go along with it? Because you could go the other extreme with this and say, really? You just think a child should just do what a parent tells them to do, even if it's abusive in nature or it's wounding or hurtful to that child. That parent, just because that that's the parent and they're the child, just the mere fact that that's the setup in their relationship, so you can also discuss it that way as well. Or you can let it keep playing out until he gets really tired of it and say, I have some suggestions if you'd like to have a easier time with our son. And notice how easy your relationship is because you understand these things so you know I, I had the same dilemma my husband was slower in coming around and understanding the nature of our type 4 son and it clashed a lot and I used to be this mediator and then I learned to step away from it and discuss it privately with my husband don't do it in the time of the clash don't try and uh, mediate it in the time of the clash um, have weekly parenting conversations how you're doing as parents go I would set that up I want to have weekly parenting meetings I want to talk about each, each of our kids and how we're doing I want to have a schedule that rather than just out of the blue because then he's going to get defensive see and especially if you're doing it at the moment of the clash that's not going to work well so just say you know it's really important to me that we're um cohesive as parents, I'd like to, maybe it's on a date night or something, you spend 30 minutes and you talk about how's it going as parents, how can we be unified and support our children as a union. So I'd probably do it that way as a type two, come to think of it. I'd encourage you to do it that way. Um, that would be more your approach as well, to invite the conversation more from a place of let's, let's talk about what we want instead of trying to deal with the issue at hand and I think he'll be more open to your feedback and if you're a lifestyle member of my lifestyle content on my website carolpuddle.com I have a wonderful communications course that I highly recommend that you take it costs $13 a month well $12.95 I rounded up a month to be a lifestyle member and or $95 a year and you have access to a uh, six module I think it's six modules rewarding communications course and it's specifically designed for women on how to really get what they want in their experience of communicating with their spouses so if you've not yet gone through that I really encourage you to do that it's going to teach you some ways to approach the different types as well and how to approach your type one husband another question that came in on bedwetting we've had a few recent um i've had i've got two that came in let's see if i have any i've got a live caller i'll come back to the bedwetting in a moment i've got two similar questions about bedwetting got elizabeth on the line hi elizabeth 
Hi, Carol. It is an honor to talk to you today. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it says in my notes here that you're a type 4 mom. Yes, a type 4 mom to four children. Okay, and homeschooling mom. Yes, and are I now there. Yes. So tell me you're dealing with a situation where you're homeschooling and now sending children to school. You're switching or just some of them? Um, well, my uh, two youngest, uh, one is a newborn, one is um, almost two, but I have two older children. One is four and one is 10. And um, both girls have expressed interest in going to school. Um, my four-year-old is a type three and she tells me she's bored at home <laughs> and also has a speech delay. And I know that she mm-hmm. can get a lot more care for her needs in school, but I'm just having a really hard time letting go, and I'm having a lot of anxiety thinking of sending them to school because when you turn on the news nowadays, there's so many terrifying stories. So I just I don't know if you could help me walk me through this. <laughs> well, unfortunately, yeah, we have a different scenario nowadays that unfortunately violence is hit the spectrum of your children on a car ride than you are sending them to public school. It's just that this is new. It's um, it's new in the decade, decade and a half, and they've increased in numbers, so, you know, that's definitely a, um, it, it's it's something that happens. The the potential for it happening is so rare, though. That's the thing, where you're, for this to happen to your own children, um, the life, again, statistically, you're more at risk putting them in the car with you, endangering them. And you just have to understand, you know, that I, I I don't watch the media. I certainly, it's pretty much anything that's um, really current news that's of a really profound, you know, really, like, I heard about Hurricane Matthew because I've already turned everyone's heard about Hurricane You know, I'm not missing the big news because it's just there. So what do you need to do to... You know, how, what are you doing that feeds that fear versus really puts things into a reasonable perspective to say, and what damage would I be doing by denying my children something they want that would be supportive of them? Would that do more damage than my fear of something happening to them at school? I, I yeah. think, yeah. I, yes, yes. I think you hit the nail on the head. Your type three who needs to get out. It's like, because she's, you know, the good news is she's four years old and she's being really honest with you, which is wonderful because your children, anytime a child can say something that may not be agreeable, they take a risk of upsetting a parent. That's an opportunity for a parent to go, I'm really glad my children feel safe with me, that they're being honest that they feel safe enough to say something that I feel, might feel differently about, but they're willing to speak up. So yes. I, I just think, you, again, we have some overdeveloped anxieties based on how much we're induced with. And, and you can, you can read a lot. You know, I'll check out the stories that say we're really safer than we've ever been. It's just that we have such so many channels for knowing things that we didn't used to know in a world spectrum before. We didn't used to know 20 years ago what was happening halfway around the world where now we can, we can know every, every evil deed, every, you know, we could just be saturated. 
the you know we have so many platforms and channels for this that we know every thing happening and who's you know is there i i read that there's actually less it's just we know more about it yeah so too much and that could be part of you just moving into the next phase of life which is you know your children are going into a more independent um especially 10 year old you know they start she's in the in the child whisper, I talk about those developmental phases, see, and she's into that space where she is creating her own, another relationship-wise, a sphere bigger than just her family. It's like relationships outside her core family, social development. Yes, and she talked about that. She said that she's ready to make friends and join clubs and meet more people. So get, involved, get involved in their schools. That's what I did. I was, the, Although I'm not suggesting you be the PTA president, but I was the PTA president <laughs> in my children's elementary school. And then the only way I knew how to get involved in the high school, just to know what was going on, I was the PTA president there for two years. And then I was on the PTA committee for about five. Because <laughs> it got me on the camp. It got me on, got me in the school. So just get involved in their school. Okay. As much as you can, even if it's just going in and helping with reading in the classroom once a month. You know what I'm saying? Then you'll feel like you're a part of it and you're okay. influencing it. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, Carol. I think the world of you, I just have to tell you that. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And you're a better mom than you gave your type four, so you're hard on yourself. <laughs> Very hard on myself. Don't be myself. hard on and yourself. Have... Don't be hard on yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I have to say. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. It's fun to know that, you know, all moms tend to have, um, I just did a segment on Fox News. It's going to be posted on the website next week, probably, on um, mommy guilt and uh, how we can stay away from that as mothers. And the only time you feel guilty is you're making a comparison because you wouldn't feel guilt. It's a, Guilt the sense of being less than or not enough of, and that can only be um, the result of your making a, comparat- a comparison to someone else or some standard or some objective or, or um, criteria or uh, expectation that you have. And so you have to modify those. And I know I've talked about that quite a bit, that are your standards really it's is your standard and expectation out of alignment. Modify those rather than thinking you have to keep modifying yourself as a mother. Change those so that you meet those successes um, and aren't. And that would be true for a type four as well. I always think there's more perfection to come to. That there's this net. You know, bring. You've got to hit that place of a sense of fulfillment because it's you make you execute things are going it's like there's this next step always this next thing to reach this next degree to you just need to be checking that and going okay I've got to take time to recognize I'm doing well and have a sense of fulfillment and completion and then maybe create that next variable in your life rather than in a constant cycle of those well, the bedwetting question that came in 
we've got um, one mom writing in, I'm just starting to read The Child Whisper, and I'm a type 1 mom. I am a single mom and drained to the boot. I have two boys, nine-year-old type 1 and seven-year-old type 2. How do I help these boys stop wetting the bed? Well, make sure you listen to the sleep tendencies for each of these two types. I think they're running some of your stressful energy, so there's anxiety in the family system. And granted, as a single mom, and if you are working, which I don't know, you don't say in your notes, but I think they're running your tension, and that's just causing a struggle, and you're just stuck in this pattern. So what can you do to bring a more peaceful quality to the bedtime routine and the moments of your day, just the routine, the routines of your day, the morning routine, weekend routines? Are things frantic a lot? Are things pushed and stressed? And there's just this sort of spiraling of energy going on, and that's keeping your boys in this over-anxious um, state, which then they're going to just um, bedwetting can be a side effect of that. So bring the energy down into a little more calm, predictability, take breaths in there, um, get rid of some things you're committed to, what can you eliminate from your schedule so you don't have so much going on. So the next bedwetting question, my 12, 8, 6, and 3-year-old boys have bedwetting issues. They're all type 1 or type 3, somewhat nearly every night. People, even doctors, say there's nothing you can do. It's genetic or they will grow out of it. It's caused by underdeveloped physiology, etc. I have noticed any I haven't noticed any patterns events it is linked to. What is the cause of bedwetting? You know, and I'm not an expert on bedwetting. So it's also, also, is it connected to night terrors my eight-year-old is having? Again, what's stimulating your children in the day? Um, that there are, how much fluid are they getting later in the day? And how good are they to urinating and using and emptying their bladder when they're up and awake because type ones and threes can put it off because they just get in this busy activity. Are they responding to their body's own signal? It's time to go to the bathroom or is their body used to holding it and then it becomes more urgent? So notice those things and see if that's playing out and I mean that all of them are doing it. There could be a genetic tendency here and use the tip from the earlier part of the show to help your children with the changing of the sheets at night so it's not such an ordeal. And I did answer this in the type one sleep, type one sleeping tendency, so make sure you listen to that podcast as well because I've shared some insights there. So let's see, we've got any more. Well, we, I've appreciated having everyone listen in on this series. Make sure you pick up great tips on each one. So we're going to wrap up this series with this last one today. I will be taking next week off from my live show, but look forward as we move now into holiday season to support you with keeping your life balanced and healthy. I've got um, our latest, last Type 3 sleep tendencies was posted on the website, thechildwhisper.com. Go check that out. And there's just some really valuable podcasts to listen to and post to read there. You can also subscribe to the podcast on itunes.com forward slash carol tuttle. And 
I'm sure as we're moving into the holidays and we tend to be gift giving, think about who in your life you're feeling inspired to or prompted to share a copy of The Child Whisper with. It's a life changer. It's a game changer for sure. And so follow that inspiration, those promptings, and those parents will be very grateful you did. Because when you're following a prompting, your inspiration, someone's praying for answers, and you could be a vehicle to help them find more answers because they're struggling with their kids and they want something better. They want to see things different. They want to experience something different with their children and not so much stress and and so many problems. You can also follow me on Facebook. We've got really fun TV shows we air on Facebook. This week we'll be airing the Next Life Makeover on Wednesday, and we have a surprise broadcast. I'm going to hop off here and head on into our hair salon where I have my daughter and my type 2 daughter, who is also one of my Dressing of Truth experts, is thinking about making a change with their hair and doing a hair makeover today. So hop on Facebook if you have me listening to this live or you can catch that particular uh, video after we've broadcast it. They're all housed on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Carol Tuttle. Thank you for joining me today on the Child Whisper podcast. Until next time, create a wonderful week with your amazing family. And like I said earlier, you're probably, you are doing a lot better job than you give yourself credit for. Just for the fact that you're tuned in and hearing me say this, you're a committed parent. You're committed to learning. You're open to change. That in itself makes you an amazing parent. So thanks for being you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in today. As a teacher, healer, speaker, Best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.